your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in the studio with me, Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Do you ever just want to sit here? No, I don't. No, I never do. Like glory days? No, I do not. No, thank you for asking uh, that question, though. So, <laughs> no, uh, is, no would be the answer to that. Like, oh, back in the saddle. But I'm so glad to be in this seat and to talk to you today. I'm really, really happy that. to be here. We did that like three times where I ran the board and then you sat over there, but it didn't work out very well. Uh, I think you, it worked out just fine. Look at you now. <laughs> Look at me now. Well, yeah. okay. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you have questions for the mayor, we'll see if we can get the, We got grungy headphones for him to put on if you have calls. Uh, you, and um, <laughs> Okay, so I got a couple of things. Okay. Pedestrian lines. That's off the radar. I want to talk about that a little bit. Pedestrian sure. friendly, making the city pedestrian friendly. I think there's like a big bicycle. I looked on the the county or the city's agenda, but bike committee, mm-hmm. but I don't see it on there. So is there like a big thing coming with the bicycle people that a big plan? A master up? plan. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up, right? Yep. But it's not on the. I must just not be looking in the right spot. Um, I don't, and I don't know if I want to get into that at this point. But well, it, I, you might know more than I do on I that. I probably don't. No, no, okay. No, we haven't. I mean, it's not. Uh, we haven't baked the bread yet, so it's, yeah, it's still in the works. That's coming up. And is it coming up? Is it next month that might get released? That's a really Let's good question. The bread still. Do we even put the bread in the oven at this point? Do you put bread in the oven? I, I think the bread's still rising at okay. this point, and oh, then so and then at some point we'll put the bread in the oven, and then we'll make sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> After the bread comes out of the oven, and then we add the uh, the sliced ham. Uh, we got a. <clears throat> The, the the Mississippi River is going to be below flood. Well, it's below flood stage now. There we so go. We could talk about flood stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, a coffee kiosk. I thought that was an interesting conversation in committee last week. Putting a coffee kiosk by the in the essentially the Tribune parking lot. Oh yeah, you don't want to sure. do that. Uh, no more May. Yeah, we're doing that. Yep. Or not doing that. If you talk about mowing your lawn, not we're not mowing oh, right. lawns. Right now, I'm going on. Um, are you? How's your creepy, creeping Charlie situation? Have you completely? I, I'm a I'm a huge creeping Charlie advocate. Have yeah. you? Has your lawn a complete <laughs> creeping Charlies yet? Where your neighbors are like, come on, man. I, I know people who do have uh, very significant creeping Charlie issues. I mean, it, you know, it's an invasive, and it's uh, once it takes over, it's hard to it's hard to get rid of it. And you know, it's, you, it, there's a fair amount of poisons involved for folks that try to get rid of it, and even that really doesn't work all the time. But uh, just it's, embrace the creep. You got to almost embrace Char- it. Maybe you almost, say Charlies. The, the Charlies. Embrace the Charlies. Embrace the Charlies. Yeah. Clover lawns. I heard that's the way to go. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's folks who do that. Yep. Like, why don't we just instead of maybe coinciding or instead of no mo may we have clover lacrosse. There's a there are a lot of solutions for people who do not want to go the traditional um, lawn lawn grass, blade of grass yeah. type lawn. There's and it doesn't have to be creeping Charlie. I mean, there are there are other options that clover is one of them, and there I'm I'm sure I'm not I'm not a I don't know what that would be a, a botanist. I'm not a a lawn guy, but uh, I'm certain that there's all sorts of solutions out there if you if you look for them. Now, neither of us uh, a month ago picked the Milwaukee Bucks to make the NBA Finals. No, I had Bucks and the Lakers in the finals. Oh, you uh, did have the Bucks. Oh, you had the yeah, Lakers the, winning it though, which is Bucks and Lakers, Lakers and six. I think no, I said Bucks and six. And I yeah, have, Bucks and Six. I said Lakers, Bucks, Bucks and Six. Okay, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't. Nobody, I did. I, along with the rest of the universe, did not see the Heat winning that series. So, 
Mm, some people, maybe. No. <laughs> Come on. If we would have fired Budenholzer after we so won the worst, the NBA So title. the worst offense in the league in the regular season, and people are like, oh, yeah, they're going to beat the Bucs. Playoff Jimmy, no baby. No problem. Playoff Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, they I, almost beat the Bucs one game last year. Yeah. Um, I said Suns. So that's not looking too bad. You said, no, they look good. That's you, a good team. That's a really – I mean, they're talented. I wouldn't say they're a good team. They're a talented team. You kind of laughed at me for picking the Suns, yep. but you picked the Lakers. Yeah, I think which, the Lakers still uh, – I, I still see them in the finals. But we're not, you know, neither of us is right yet. So we'll know next month, I think. Uh, although the NBA playoffs, man, they really just drag it out. Just so. Long. I love it. Keep it going. <laughs> well, the, the alternative is we watch two-hour baseball games baseball. after this. And that's yeah. nope. that's not very exciting either. Um, all right. So you're still feeling good about your Lakers? I am. I guess not your Lakers. Because you my had Lakers. losing. I did. I haven't losing to the Bucks in six. I did not. I'm among those people who did not see the Bucks losing the, the Heat series. It's kind of crazy that the Warriors are. Just the, it's it's not and it is the Warriors are still there. So anyway, that's I mean it's just like they won the there's championship. A, there's last our, there's year. our basketball talk right there. There, there we go, and we're done. Okay. Uh, all right. So six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We're gonna spend a good portion of this show talking about the municipal funding plan. Are you prepared to just like use the whole show to talk about that mostly? I could sure because I mean, and we've been doing this a couple of months now like the last well, two. This months. has been an ongoing process, obviously, in the legislature. I was just in Madison. Um, what is today? Monday. So last week I was in Madison for the first uh, legislative hearing on this. And it's you know, the typical strategy is, which is what was employed by the majority party last week, was they noticed the hearing the day before the hearing could be held. So everybody had to drop all their plans like I did last week to go to Madison to testify at this hearing in front of the uh, Assembly Committee on Local Government. And uh, the idea about doing this last minute is that so people can't get organized and come to these hearings to tell the committee what is you know what what needs to happen with this bill? Because the Republicans released the plan and then gave other Republicans three hours to sign off on it, right? Like that was a that was yeah, a little I, bit. I, I have no idea what Republicans actually did. I can tell you what the what the bill has some shortcomings, but overall, it in the concept of tying municipal funding to twenty percent of the state sales tax is a really good concept. It's what the governor had in his budget. It's what legislators have uh, agreed to in principle. In this bill, there are a lot of things that that are you know that frankly are are problematic, and we and and that it and it's still in the process. I don't believe Republican senators in Madison have yet signed off on this. Uh, I, I think so. There's disagreement within the Republican Party. Uh, certainly, the governor had already said that he would veto the bill as it is, so he wants to see changes. And I just I just talked to him, and I, I'm pretty sure that he's. Uh, pretty, he's going to stay with that line of reasoning. There are things that need to be changed in order for it to be something that's palatable for certainly the city of Milwaukee, for the city of La Crosse. City of La Crosse is among those uh, municipalities that receive a very scant amount of increased funding for next year. I mean, again, the positive thing, if I if I focus on the positive, the positive is that uh, municipal revenue or the funding by the state for local services is going to be indexed to economic growth instead of being stagnant, which means that inflationary pressures won't really impact us negatively the way that they have traditionally. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be okay. back with Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight. 785-7914 is the talk text line. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds in studio here. If you got a question, shoot me a text. Give us a call. Uh, we were talking. We just we started the deep dive into the municipal funding thing. Um, is but before we before we really deep dive into that, 
because uh, a couple of people had, had talked to me about this. You got the mirror in there? So the streets, we want to make lacrosse pedestrian friendly. I think there's a utopia here where you could move around as a pedestrian and it would be easy. If you walk down uh, 2nd Street right now, the lacrosse center, in front of the lacrosse center, they kind of readjusted the streets there. And I think there's a bike track. It's called a bike track, which is a two-lane bicycle lane, I guess, two-way. I think that's in the works. But sometimes you'll just see people driving in the bicycle lane, like mm-hmm. because it does because it's unfamiliar. But uh, in other places, we don't have, uh, you know, we can't even paint the lines, so to speak. Is that is that responsibility of the city to do stuff like that, the small stuff like that, like just getting the lines so that they're clear and concise and you can see them? Yeah, we paint lines every year. Yep. Okay, so it's just a matter of we're coming out of winter and that's coming up. Is that? Wait, which which lines in particular? Where are we talking about? I don't about? know that. Okay. I didn't get the specifics right. there. But. So there's an ongoing maintenance. It doesn't matter if we're painting lines or repairing streets or um, improving sidewalks or whatever it is. We do, you know, we, we have a list of things that we do every year. Uh, line painting is one of them. We uh, update uh, if there are signals in the street, like turn sig- you know, the arrows. Uh, we we redo those. We I don't know if we get to all of them, but uh, the ones that need to be done, we do those every year. So we should, push, certainly... we should put the push button, like pedestrian sensors everywhere. Could we? Is, everywhere. I mean, is that is that hard to do? Does, as, I mean, as opposed to the bump outs, which is kind of we all we all agree that the bump outs are kind of ridiculous. Depends on where the bump outs are. I think that uh, you could definitely put pedestrian signals everywhere. Somebody has to pay for them, and somebody has to maintain them, um, and so that that costs money. Yeah, uh, and uh, I don't. Part of what we have, I think, probably established by this point, hopefully, is that there is not an unlimited pot of money to draw from. And so, you know, there are costs involved. Well, we don't even need the lines if we just put the the lights up. For, are you talking about crosswalks? Right, crosswalks. Okay. Yeah. okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that in general, it is important for us to... Uh, have demarcations for for pedestrian uh, crosswalks, you know. And some crosswalks are, are better than others. Uh, by Mayo, I think tenth and tenth and Market. That's where we're going to put some uh, raised islands for pedestrians because that tends to be a dangerous intersection there. Because Mayo employees um, are multiple multiple Mayo employees will cross there uh, every day, and then and it, it tends to be somewhat of a dangerous intersection. Yeah. So. Throwing the, the yield sign at in on Market Street is kind of all that we have right there for them. Is point. that 10th and Market? There's, I think there's an island there right now, isn't there? Is there an island? Uh, it's been a while. That I just remember yeah. I, I kind of hover there slowly. I put yep. my phone down when well, I'm driving to be, there. To be clear, Mayo does have a, a skywalk, so they could employees could actually utilize the skywalk and be perfectly safe walking from one building, one side of Market to the other. It's simply oh, sure. they would prefer not to and walk on the street. So walk up that we're willing to accommodate uh, Mayo and uh, put in a crosswalk, but uh, they they certainly, ideally, they wouldn't need it because they have a skywalk that could be used. And we're closing that area. Are we closing that area of the street for Mayo, West Avenue? Not not Market, but West Avenue. Closing West Avenue. Coming up pretty, pretty quick. It's a good question. I thought I saw a sign. Okay, here. well, maybe um, maybe it is. We got a call. Okay. If you want to throw those on. Do we know who it is? It's Tom. Okay, let's talk to Tom then. <laughs> We're going to wing it here, man. Here we go. Let's go, Tom. Let's right. go. Tom, go ahead. You're on the, with Mitch. You got a question okay, for him? Uh, I, what I'm wondering is, I believe the tax money comes from the gas tax to pay to keep keep the roads up, not bicycle tax or pedestrian tracks. Okay. Am I correct on that? No. 
Yeah, there's uh, some uh, gas tax money def- definitely uh, gas tax money definitely is used for improvements uh, for uh, as part of DOT funding, but your property tax dollars are used to improve streets all over the city as well. And um, so th- those funds are also used for sidewalks and for um, and for bike lanes. Well, we're not mowing our lawns and we're painting lines. Are we also filling in potholes? I tried to do this yeah. maybe a month and a half ago. I tried to talk to uh, the potholes are with the, with the city, but he's too busy. The potholes are. I don't know who that is. I can't okay. remember. I was talking to your comms person and. He was like, he can't, he can't talk today or tomorrow. He's washing his hair. So, oh, okay, uh, but, right. but you have kind of, a, I feel like you had like kind of a hotline, a pothole hotline. Did you not? No, people. There, we have. Um, you can submit any sort of complaint you'd like to the city, and we will look into it. Uh, certainly, potholes are things that we do our complaints about on a regular basis for good reason. I mean, we have a, a fair amount of them. There's some streets that are in some significant disrepair as as is the case every year, uh, upper Midwestern cities like ours tend to have some um, dire need of street repair. Uh, and we, and we, we do a tremendous amount of, of street repairs and, uh, and rebuild projects every single year. So that's, this year will not be any different than that. And we certainly will be out with uh, the pothole crew um, filling potholes for those streets that we are that never, are not ready for complete reconstruction. It could never be enough. Like you couldn't no. hire enough Domino's drivers to fill all the potholes. No, there's just really not. Um, you know, I, I, there could be enough, but it's not. We're not even close to being able to have that level of funding. Um, it's just not not accessible at this point. You know, we're doing. We're we're keeping up. To the extent that we can, we have to prioritize other things as well in our city. And so it's, we're trying to reach that balance. And the balance is really a sweet spot. We have to be able to find out what is, how, to what extent do we repair streets and, and how do we prioritize that over, over um, um, stormwater utility and um, you know, repairing water mains, and, um, but also making sure that we're keeping our sidewalks uh, uh, up to date so that the, the the sidewalks remain accessible for those who have disabilities and have a tr- trouble getting around. Um, there's a lot of different things that we have to do. Uh, apparently, you know, if we, if we get a, if we're going to have pedestrian sensors on at every crosswalk, that's, <laughs> that's also we're never going to get around. That's I mean, that, that's never going to actually happen. But yeah, I mean, we have to set priorities and I think that we have a good balance. Certainly would I like to do more streets? Sure. Sure. I would. Absolutely. Losey Boulevard right now is really, really bad. Um, that requires a complete reconstruction that is coming up. We're going to do what we can to bandage it, to keep it going for a while until it's going to be extremely expensive as a repair. So we're, we're, we're it's going to, it's coming. It's just going to take a minute. I can never, Losey Boulevard, is that where some of the roundabouts are going? Uh, I, just, I don't think we have a, I don't think we, I don't think we have a, south. we don't have a roundabout plan for Losey Boulevard at this point. Where's Where's no, Losey Boulevard? I just, okay. I just blinked on where okay. Losey. Oh, Losey's way out there. Okay. Past. Okay. Well, eventually it just turns into South Avenue, right? <laughs> like it just turns, and then it turns into Mormon Cooley Road, right? That's all the same street to me in my head. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't live here, man. No, I, I know. I know. I don't no. drive out there. No. Okay. Okay. There's just Copeland, and then it turns into another. So road. the roundabouts that you're talking about are part of the DOT project on South Avenue. Yeah. And I think that there is. Is it four? Three or four, something like that. Um, Five, if you count the two on the south side. Yeah, they have, the, they have that big one right at the uh, right at the end there. Uh, 
Well, well and then the, no, but then there's we're the at Highway one 35. Right after that front of the school there's a little one okay yeah so that's, yeah that's so the, the roundabouts are in the the ones on south avenue that they're putting in i think are you know from my perspective they're a travesty for pedestrians um it is they're really not safe for pedestrians dot at this point or up until this point i mean that project was designed 10 years ago by the dot and they may be sort of shifting the way that they see things now but traditionally all they've cared about is cars and and making access for vehicles easier and safer with less accidents, fewer accidents. But when we put in roundabouts and eliminate direct crosswalks on South Avenue, all we're saying to those who live on the other side of South Avenue is good luck getting across if you're going by foot or sending your kids across on a bicycle because it's just you're taking your life into your own hands. And so we're hopefully we're going to be able, I know we have some, there's going to be some, uh, what do they call those, beaconed crosswalks. There's going to be some of those within that project. But by not by just keeping that traffic free flowing like that, it just creates it's it makes it sure great. It's less less fewer maybe fewer accidents a, a small percentage amount of fewer accidents for cars, but you make it infinitely deadlier for pedestrians. Is it tougher for bicyclists on a on a roundabout? It seems like it just because you wouldn't see a bicyclist. If you are in if you're part of traffic, go- if you're part of traffic in the roundabout on a state highway, I mean ideally it should be it should be safe, right? Yeah. But if you're an eight year old kid and you're with your you know, you're with your ten year old sister and your twelve year old brother and you go into the pool, um, is it safer for them to go? Are they going to get on the state highway roundabout or are they going to try to go across the crosswalk? I mean, the reality is they're going to try to go across the crosswalk. And if there isn't one, then how do they get across? I mean, they live and learn. That's it is. What, that's that is. Kids those, those, you those get are, hit a couple of times, you'll are, figure it out. Those are definitely life lessons. What about, no like, question. So bridges wouldn't work, pedestrian bridges, because you'd people have don't, People don't use what those. What about pedestrian tunnels? Yep. Or would those flood in people, lacrosse? People don't use those and we can't put them in lacrosse. Can't put pedestrian tunnels. People don't use those. I mean, I saw I saw an animal pedestrian like an animal highway that animals were using. So we could use some of those. Sure. Maybe put it put a lawn. Oh wait, we don't want to put a lawn on it. So. <laughs> All right, we want to get to the municipal funding plan when we come back with Cross Mayor Mitch Rowe. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five. 7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds in studio. You were hanging out with the governor. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. He was at the pump house um, doing a tour. And there were a lot of people there. So I was not, it was just not me. I was, I was among the group. Are you guys like buds? Like if you talk to the, I mean, do you ever just. I, I, we talk, I talk, talk to the about governor. the Lakers. We don't talk about the Lakers, no. <laughs> Anything? I don't think we've ever. Sports? I don't even know if he's. We've never talked about the Lakers. That's for sure. I wonder what the governor like. What are his hobbies? I think fishing. He might be a fisherman. I, I he comes here a lot. I feel like you should. He? You should probably like. You guys probably get to know each other pretty well, but it's all business, huh? Uh, yeah. You guys Generally. sit down and have a beer. We. Do I that? have not ever sat down with a, had a beer with the governor. No. Oh, okay. That'd be a thing to do. I feel like that would be a very lacrosse thing to do. I'm more than happy to host the governor for a beer. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, so Governor Governor Evers was in town today, and then he was in town twice last week, and he was kind of in the area, the train derailment a couple couple weeks ago. I guess now it was well, not quite a couple of weeks ago, but uh, he loves it over here, I think. I love it here, too. <laughs> so we have that in common. Um, when when he comes, I don't know. You you were in Madison last week, but yes. um, how, much of the, how much of a conversation have you? You kind of mentioned it, but... 
his plan for municipal funding versus the plan that was released. Uh, I don't know. How, how much of the conversation do you have with him about here's how it should work? The input that you give either the governor or his team. And and then the, obviously the Republicans in the legislature are going to craft that plan. So yeah. are they communicating, you know? Yeah, it is my understanding that the uh, the governor's office and legislators have communicated some. I'm not sure to what extent. Uh, you know, the what at stake here is significant, and that is uh, truly the the need to be able to have a more sustainable funding mechanism for local services, and that's just you know the normal stuff: police and fire and libraries and parks and uh, streets and and all the things. We have to have funding that is stable and that adjusts for inflation and economic growth. And we simply have had not had that in two decades and more. Uh, and so our our funding has stagnated from the state, and uh, that is partially why they're sitting on a seven billion dollar surplus. And so really, this effort that is being undertaken right now, and everybody agrees that it needs to happen. That's the the governor and the, the those the organizations that represent the towns and villages and counties and the and, and cities, as well as uh, Republican and Democratic legislators. Everybody understands that that needs to change because we're the ones. The local governments are the ones who are supplying the services that you and I need to have every day to have our lives. You know, be. Um, Make sure that we're that we can throw out our garbage, that we can drive on streets, that we can walk on sidewalks, that we are that police can um, solve crimes, and that that our that uh, paramedics can come to our rescue when we need them. Uh, and so, I think that there is a the general and understanding we need to fix things in general. There is a concept that we need to index, or there is an agreement that that the best path forward is to index revenue from the state for local government to economic growth. And we do that through the utilization of the sales tax. And in common, what the governor's plans and Republican legislators' plans are is to take 20% of the state sales tax, in other words, one penny, one cent of the state sales tax, and fund local government. And really, that means that that will increase with time uh, with economic growth, which is fantastic because that helps us keep up with inflation. At this point, we have not been able to keep up with inflation, which means that we have to cut services every single year. The Republican plan, from what I understand, is going to be separate from the budget now? They yes, select- that's correct. Yes, was it's that, a separate funding bill. Was that always the plan or did that I don't know. kind of come I don't know. I don't know if that was always the plan. I think that you know the strategy with that is that the governor cannot use his line item veto. Uh, to strike certain parts of that bill. He's got to either sign it or veto it. Right, because when you have the Republican plan and then one of them is to ban county referendums. Ban advisory referendums. And if that was in the budget, maybe could Evers just cross that part of it off, maybe? I don't know. I don't quite understand yeah, the, line, the veto ban. The line item veto gives the governor a tremendous amount of authority to uh, strike very specific portions from the budget. If it's not in the budget, he can't put it in there. But if it's in the budget, he can cross it out. So if that was part of a budget, yeah, he could get rid of it. Right. But and no, honestly, it- advisory referendums. Some you know, it's, they they are they can be very strategic in nature. In other words, when the state and some local governments, including the local county government, used them in the spring, it was to drive up turnout for the state supreme court right. election. So, and that's oftentimes why we'll see advisory referendums. I happen. I'm pretty indifferent in terms of the outcome of, of whether that stays in there or not. I don't like the idea of state legislators thinking that they know better how to run local government than people who are in local government. That's the part that's a little bit galling to me because that just smacks of hubris. 
And, and frankly, they don't. They don't know what our needs are, but they think they do. Uh, but their strategy is to say, look, no more advisory referendums to help turn out the vote in La Crosse County so that we can uh, you know, have a better, uh, better chance to win elections at the state level. Can the city have an advisory referendum? Yeah, we can. We could do that. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. But do you remember the last time? Has that ever happened? Do you even remember? I just don't recall a city having one. I don't remember if the city administrator referendum was binding or not. That may have been an advisory, but that may have been that may have been binding. That may have been a direct uh, direct ballot issue. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, I, Brad would know. I, I feel like there was a marijuana one, but that may have been in the county. It's just otherwise to, I don't. It's just funny to me when Republicans say you can't have county referendums. Like, do you support the eighteen forty nine abortion law, or do you want? Would you le- want marijuana legalized? But the Republicans or the legislature, I guess, can put statewide advisory. Yeah, like so that they, wasn't part of the. Yeah, the plan, so they were, know? and they were asked about the authors were asked about that during the hearing that I was at last week, and they didn't see a problem with that. Right, so we can do it, but you guys can't. So Correct. It's just kind of funny. Yep. But then when when they when Republicans want to put the put out their own municipality funding budget, is it is that the best way to call that local government funding budget? We'll is call, that a better way? We'll to call say it? it local government uh, local government funding bill. How about that? Bill. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Bill. When when they want to do that, separate from the budget from yes. the state budget that, right. that Evers will have to sign eventually, is it does it make you mad? Because then you could go well if you were going to do that separate anyway, we could have went back to last year at any point in time and and have done this no it's because it takes no i i'm not this there's just been it's a bit a very long process to negotiate a path forward to this point i mean they could have done it 20 years ago and they they just you know we have a budget surplus nobody has done it yeah and this should this conversation should happen outside of the budget surplus because the budget surplus is 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 one-time funding that really is not part of this other bill which really relates to what is the long-term sustainable funding mechanism for local government. And that should have nothing to do with the budget surplus right now. That should, you know, budget surplus, you guys go have fun with that and fix uh, highways or roads or the stadium or, you know, help us uh, deal with homelessness in our community. Is the budget surplus, the fact that we get a budget surplus kind of a, like a alarm that like, hey, we do actually, so we could use... You know some of the budget. Like what, we could transfer. The, the budget surplus is an indication that the that state government is not funding local government the way that it should. Right. So the the process that the changing the formula. Hey, look at the budget surplus went to seven billion dollars. Let's change the formula so that the next two years we won't have a seven billion dollar budget surplus because that money will get funneled into local government. So the the idea that there is a budget surplus is just kind of an alarm that like well, hey. at this point it the amount of money that's going to local governments would not it would still leave the state with a accumulating surplus. So it's that's not that's not it. There's there's I mean they honestly could do a lot more. Um and so, uh, or there's you know there's a way to to cut spending on the state level as well. Uh, they could also do more for schools. Frankly, there's a lot more that they could do for schools. And I'm, I'm hoping that that's part of what we have going forward. But uh, what I'm saying is if we had the formula that either the Republicans have proposed or Evers has proposed, which is double what the Republicans have pro- proposed, if we had that formula. It's not double, no. Isn't it $576 million, Evers' proposal? So both both include the same thing, 20% yep. to, to of the sales tax to local and county government. Both are the same on that regard. It's one cent of the state sales tax. The difference is that Governor Evers wants the um, wants that funding to be sent to the local government level or the county government level without restrictions, so that locals like 
us who are responsive to people that we run into in festival when we're buying eggs will be making good decisions for our communities. Uh, what Republicans would prefer is to have exert control over the local spending process. And so they put restrictions on there's the, the funding that is... Well, I, I got a list. I got the list of restrictions. Okay, but also part of their funding process is to create a $300 million, what they're calling an innovation fund, which is some sort of funding mechanism that will provide funding to governments who want to consolidate and uh, create more efficiencies or something like that. It's just, it's some nebulous idea about funding that will somehow help us and local government level become more efficient. The assumption being is that somehow we're not terribly efficient, which I think is incorrect. Said the state legislature that takes eight months off every two exactly. years. Yeah, part of, I mean, part of this budget bill, and I, you know, again, the concept, and I really appreciate the work that's gone into this so far to at least reach a point where there's some level of agreement on that there's needs to be increased funding for local government. I disagree with some parts of the bill. For instance, the maintenance of effort requirements for police and fire. That requires, basically, it's going to require an entirely new branch of the Department of Revenue at the state level. So basically what you're doing is you're saying we need to pump a ton of dollars into the Department of Revenue to essentially audit what's happening on the local level for maintenance of effort for police and fire services. So somebody's got to count how many arrests that, you know, are you keeping the same amount of arrests that you had last year? Are you doing the same amount of tickets that you did last year? Is your budget for fire and police the same as it was last year or more or whatever? Somebody's got to audit that. That means you have however many new people you're hiring in the Department of Revenue to do it. Well, you're saying the 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 state legislature is saying your local governments aren't efficient enough. Correct. And what, to make that more efficient, we're going to we're going to have to make the state government bigger to kind of to want to be the overseer of some of the things that we're putting. Yeah, in, this. in order to. So what they're saying, and that's those are somewhat different parts of the same bill. But one of the things that they're de- have de- they have determined somehow um, almost arbitrarily is that we are not efficient enough. And so to make us more efficient, they will provide us additional funding if we do things that are more efficient. And you know what? Chances are there are some governments out there that will say, cool, let's let's figure out a way to do that. And, and maybe there's ways to, it's but that's that's the majority of where Republicans would like their funding to go. I disagree with it. But I do think there is room for an innovation fund. I'm just not sure that the majority of what uh, the local funding should be should be in this uh, funding mechanism that, again, will increase reporting requirements, will increase the need to audit that on the state level. It's just going to increase the size of state government. Aren't you kind of doing some of that anyway? Like with like consolidating some of the positions? We do a lot of things here in the city level. We had tried to consolidate fire services um, with the home and area fire district, but uh, one, that did not work because the home and area fire district broke apart. Uh, we've tried to consolidate fire services with surrounding communities for some time. We have done that successfully with a couple of communities. We do provide, you know, certainly we do mutual aid response with all sorts of communities around here. We also are a uh, level two hazmat team in our fire department. I think I'm saying that right. And we respond all over the region. Um, so well, there's a lot of consolidation and collaboration that goes on the local level right now. I think when you first took over as mayor, you were trying to have o- Jay Odegaard, your Parks and Rec director, 
doing multiple other like right like kind of overseeing a couple of different departments and that was kind of consolidating no that's not true just giving him more responsibilities no he's he's always been uh jay odegaard is our our parks recreation forestry and buildings and ground um director and he's had that job since i got here um after the he that department has temporarily taken on the lead role in directing the lacrosse center yeah. as we determine whether we're going to have private contract management there or not. But he hasn't, that's, he's taken on that role. His department has taken on that role, but he hasn't gotten any more significant responsibilities than that. But if you just made that permanent, that would be kind of consolidating. Then you could internally. Yeah. Internally. Right. Um, that's not what they're after. What they're after is external collaboration with surrounding communities. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Two different things. All right. All we're right. going to take a break. We'll be back. When is this plan going to get done? Do you think? Are we back on the air, Rick? Hi. No, this is this is a cold. Rick Rick Solom here with Mitch Reynolds, no, mayor of the city a, of Lacrosse. This is a cold. In case you're wondering. This is a cold. For those people like, who are out there wondering, open, but it's a cold rejoin. Just wondering. It's a cold rejoin. I'll do cold that in rejoin. A yeah. It's a cold rejoin. Back in the studio. No. See, if you want to sit over here, then you do the show. But you're <laughs> the mayor to, of the city I of Lacrosse. If you wanted to sit over here, and you're like, <laughs> nope, never again. So let me do the show my way. And then if you want to do the show, you can do it your way. Back but in the studio. We're cold rejoining. Back in the studio with the mayor of the city like of the in Cross. the midst of a conversation. All right. Anyway, so what are we going to do about it? <laughs> what are we going to do about the potholes? Uh, yeah. What, what about this kiosk that's going Traffic across? calming, man. I tell you what. That's potholes or traffic calming. <laughs> traffic. You ever notice where I... So I was in the library doing some... Um, I did... Uh, of starting these, uh, and I, it's not going to be a regular um, schedule, but I'm going to be in the library yeah, once in a while doing some basically public office hours. Uh, and I figured the library is just the main library in lacrosse, a pretty good place to I do that. I thought maybe read the kids. Yeah, I think I'm scheduled to do that at some point. I can't remember when. But um, so I was there, I think it was last week I was there last. This is like a college professor having office hours. Yeah, right? it's kind of like that, but just open, in the open. Yeah. And this last week was our first time to do that. And, uh, you know, it's basically just show up and, and here I am. Please come talk to me. It's like and the show. It's kind of like instead that. Instead of calling in. Yeah, just they just walk up. So the first person I talked to was, and I don't know how old he was, but a young fellow named uh, Joseph who was is at the Polytechnic School, a middle schooler at the Polytechnic School, okay. I think. And they were all visiting the library on that day. And so he came up and sat down and he talked to me and he wanted to, compl- he, he wanted to complain about the, the, uh, the condition of the street in front of his house. And um, he's like, it's just, there's so many, there's so many potholes and it's just, it's a really rough ride and, and, uh, and I'm just sick of it. I thought, okay, that's okay. There we go. Thank you, Joseph. And we talked about that, that, um, you know, when you have, when you have a, a street that's in front of your house, that's got significant potholes in it, generally speaking, that means people drive not as fast down your street because you tend to slow down when there's a bunch of potholes. Uh, and the, I get more complaints about people speeding in neighborhoods than I get about potholes. And that's, I think, I, if I were going to prioritize, I would say sl- keep the traffic slower on streets and potholes and uh, fixing the streets right after that. So side roads in the cross in 20 yep. years will just be gravel roads. Yeah, with lots of potholes. Just make them gravelly and then just a lot of potholes. And then <laughs> no, wash and, down. And I don't, you know, I, we, we're still, we, we obviously, we constantly repair streets and we constantly repair curb and gutter and all that. So that's not actually our strategy in any kind of way. But it is important to note that, um, you know, we ha- I do have people who are, who are adamantly opposed to having streets that are 
straight and flat and fast because that encourages people to drive faster. So yeah, I remember um, yelling at Cabot, the old mayor, about King Street having those r- traffic circles on them. Sure. And I'm like, that's how I get to the Y. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we don't want you driving down that road, Rick. Take the next road over. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It really does slow down traffic. I mean, there's still people who try to bust through there as quickly as can, but it, it really does slow down traffic. So, I mean, to the extent that if our goal is to calm traffic and keep it slower, then that actually works. So what was the kid's name? Jeffrey? Jo- Joseph, I Joseph. Think. Okay, yeah. you failed to mention the part where he came in. And both of his elbows were covered in scabs. Yeah, because he, he because took him, a digger on his bike. Yeah, his knees and his scabs. He had a bicycle helmet that was cracked. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, yeah. Okay, so I was talking. Oh, so we were talking about the municipalities plan. Sure. Oh, no, I brought up the kiosk. Then I want to bring yeah, this up Yeah, the real, kiosk, great. Right. So it was like the coffee kiosk. Or yeah, something. they want to bring a, a drive through coffee kiosk because we don't have enough coffee. And that's fine. I mean, if someone wants to start a business in the cross, they want to start a business in the cross. Sure. But the committee the committee last week said, no, it's got to be in La Crosse. We have an ordinance for two stories if you're going to build something. Uh, you're really close, Rick. And then, yeah, you're you're right there. You're and, almost. And then your, your argument, or I think Chris Woodard's argument, was like, well, across the roads are Burger King, and that's not two stories. So that's also, gonna... you're also really, really close. Am I close? Yeah, you're really close. Well, I'm only so, reading what Brad wrote, yeah, so let's so bring, the... blame Brad. So there was a, yeah, an organization wanted to come in and scooters, I think scooters coffee, there's a scooters in on Alaska and they want to put a coffee, a drive through coffee kiosk on, uh, uh, what is it? It's fourth and no, it's third, third and, uh, I can't think of it. Whatever the center section is. Losey. Yeah. So no, it's third and vine or no third and pine, whatever. I can't remember the, the cross section, but anyway, so it's that chunk of land. It's right next to the the Tribune property, um, and we they needed a variance um, because for the downtown area, we do have a requirement that structures are two stories, and um, and the argument, and this was at City Plan Commission, and the following night at Judiciary and Administration Committee. The argument by a council member, and it was not Chris Woodard, was that, look, there's a Burger King right there. It's one story, which I think is is legitimate if Burger King was built like last week. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It right. was built, you know, decades ago at this point. Right. It's grandfather. So, and, I, and I did make it very clear that if that plan had come forward when I was here, it would not have gone through. It's nearly a half an acre of property. If the best we can do is build a drive through coffee kiosk. Yeah. On a half an acre of property in prime downtown real estate, we're doing something wrong. Yeah, we should put a car dealership. I have, you know, I and I brought up some examples of some properties that are, are that are that are on uh, sections that are half as big. The Lacrosse Distilling Company is on point two one of an acre. I think it's a building worth nearly two million dollars. I think we can do better on a half an acre than put a drive-through coffee kiosk. This is the kind of the same argument when you have a Kmart parking lot. We're going to put a U-Haul parking lot. It's, it's there, almost right. the same so thing. It's, it's not the highest and best use. No question. Right. So when, when that Kmart property, that former Kmart property gets rebuilt, it's going to be so much better for the community than whatever that U-Haul mess that it was going to turn into. And we have to be patient and it takes a little bit more time, but the end result is going to be much better and much more sustainable for the community. This is another conversation I was having with a friend yep. uh, as we we were checking out River Point yep. district and they were saying, you know, what when we start developing this, are we just going to have a bunch of like fifty eight twenty? Okay, <laughs> you, you got a minute. Are we going to just have a bunch of like national chains, or is there is there going to be the same conversation here where, uh, like 
a Burger King wants to go and and the city's like, actually, we want to keep it local. No, no, I don't think there's a local requirement there. It's just it's going to be a mix of commercial and residential. And there are so you go to cities all over, and there are McDonald's and Burger Kings and whatever national drink, Starbucks, and they're tucked into commercial uh, uh, ground floor. Uh, areas, but there where, won't be th- this rejection from the city if something goofy like that you you wouldn't want in River Point. Will there be? Well, a there's rejection? not. I don't. You know what we're not going to see is we're not going to see the you know the the standalone McDonald's drive-through. That's not going to be a part of River Point District. It's not part of the master plan. It's just not going to happen. And we don't need to because there's too much demand to build there that is not that. So it's going to be much better for the community the way that it's laid out now than to just try to put you know uh, and just any old anything there. That's what I'm saying. Like if yeah. McDonald's came with a the pile of cash and said, if we McDonald's put a- comes and says this is our design and the design fits into the 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 uh, master design, if you will, the the design document for the River Point District, then it will be perfectly acceptable. All right, that's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. If nobody nobody knew that coming back from the rejoin, <laughs> I'm Rick Solom, and that's uh, Lacrosse Talk PM coming up tomorrow. Shelly Fortner, Lacrosse Hunger Task Force. We're going to talk about. Uh, Food scarcity in town. Thanks, Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Mitch.